Hey, we're back. Another episode. Full full cast today. Sean's here. Anthony's here. I'm here. And today we're going to talk about the adventures of running a Svelte meetup. Hi, guys. What's up? Hey, hey. Hey. Uh, we meet up every week now. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I yes. guess I, you get to talk to people uh, often now, right? Sean, yeah. you're uh, you're uh, traveling once again. Uh, I'm in San Francisco now. I might be going to Miami next again. Um, Are you just ping ponging back and forth? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I didn't really plan all this, but it's just happening that way and uh, playing it by ear. Mm. Nice. Just nice. having a jolly. <laughs> Does sound fun. I actually booked a, a flight the other day, so I'm going to to Jay's Conf Budapest, and I decided to get to to go for a for a bit longer than the conference itself. So I'm probably staying close to a week, which is nice. What about you, Anthony? Are you what have you been up to? Yeah, just you know, usual kind of bit of work, having fun. Uh, what have I done in the last week? Not. I mean, I've done an immense amount of things and, and nothing at the same time, I guess. <laughs> you know, it feels <laughs> like the weeks just fly by right now. Yeah. I would say probably the most poignant thing is is another one of those, like, let's open a discussion thing, which is, you know, branch-based deploys are great when you've got an app that runs. You know, it's just kind of a single thing and it runs on its own. How are people doing it when you've got an entire platform with, let's say, about 10 apps? Because it gets much more difficult. And I think I'd definitely be interested in ideas to see what other people are doing in this instance, because, you know, one QA environment for a whole team is, is not very sustainable. So that's yeah. the current challenge on my mind. I don't get it. Why is it different for 10 apps? Well, because you might have a branch on three different apps because you are building a feature across three apps, right? So you want those three branches to deploy to an environment. And then you want master or main or whatever for everything else. So you've got your whole application running with your new branch, with your new branches. Okay. Before you merge them all back into main. Got it. So like, not... for example, on the cell, <clears throat> you could deploy a branch automatically. Every branch deploys, gets its own little subdomain. You can't do that really when you've got loads of apps because each one's independently deployed. Hmm. It's tricky. It gets trickier. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like not so so fun. <laughs> well, it would be great <laughs> when it works, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's like some some nice SaaS company that charges like sixty thousand dollars a month to, to solve this <laughs> no, for you. You should, you should solve your own problems and then um, build start that's it out. Beyond web services, that, that yeah. you, you build your own platform. <laughs> BWS. <laughs> Oh dear! This is this. Yeah, the problem is this actually happens, and and then I end up with like yet another thing to look over. Yeah, second business. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. If you want to build AWS on your own, maybe. <laughs> BWS. Sorry, BWS. Sean has uh, experience working at AWS. Maybe. Yeah, running it. Maybe you can recruit him to <laughs> to build it for you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this topic, we're going to talk about. Organizing and hosting Svelte meetups, pretty much. So we all, uh, way, way back in, I think it was 2019, right? Uh, we yeah. all yeah. organized a, a meetup at, roughly at the same at the same time. It's um, Anthony's fault, basically. And 
very sorry i'm not i'm not sorry sorry not sorry yeah <laughs> it was it was a good uh it was a good uh how do you say it in in english like a in swedish you'd say kick in the butt kick to get started <laughs> yeah yeah it's a kick in the butt for myself for sure it's like <laughs> oh we're in a meetup oh i have no idea to organize things i don't know how to do public speaking i'll just wing the whole thing yeah yeah it was the same for me <laughs> um, I think I think Sean, you'd probably done some talks and stuff before yeah, that, right? Yeah, I'd done I'd done a few more events, but it was the first time, I guess, uh, starting one from scratch. Yeah, yeah. So, so how like wh when I started, I like Anthony, I had no idea about like public speaking. Like, I I didn't know how this thing worked. I I just created an account on Meetup.com and I just created an event. Well, well the group first and then the event i didn't have a venue and i just yoloed it and magically someone appeared offering their uh their like venue so i was lucky i guess i don't know how how did you guys find a venue um well i mean for me it was pretty easy i i just tweeted it out and then i got like uh, a venue and like speakers and uh, 50 people signed up, so it wasn't that hard. Right, you, 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 you probably had a pretty large following compared to, to the two of us. So. <laughs> well, well um, it also helps that, like, and this is the whole reason I did it, was um, I had Rich Harris in my city. That is true. That's, that's like a cheat code. That's a cheat code. So, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I, it's, not, it's not all me. <laughs> so how I did it? Well, I had a friend who I used to work with, you know, he was a, he was a, a web dev back in the day, I guess, he sort of realized his own dream of owning a bar, owning a pub, whatever. And so he bought with, with two other friends this, this huge bar in, in East London called the Fugitive Motel. And I went for a visit to see him. I hadn't seen him in about 10 years. And I wanted to see like what this place was like. And it's absolutely massive. Like it's humongous. And it's almost like it's so big you can split it in two. And so I was looking around and I noticed they've got a massive screen for sports and stuff. I was chatting around with him and he's like, oh, you know, we want to do like, we've actually started doing a couple of like conferences here. And I was like, hey, that's interesting. And so kind of stars aligned because at the time I was mulling over the idea of this felt meetup. And so I thought, well, I can have it here. We can test this out um, and see what this setup's like. And and that's kind of it really. And it was pretty pretty much perfect because this, we had this whole other side of the bar to ourselves. Great screen, HDMI hookup, all the speakers and stuff, um, you know, in, in the room operating for us. Um and people just kind of kind of wandered in and, you know, the food's good there and stuff. So you've, you know, when you start a meetup, you can't afford food and drink for everyone. So it's kind of by your own, but it's right there. No one has to like bring anything in or anything like that. So it was really convenient. And I know there's a lot of uh, stuff around running it in a bar isn't necessarily accessible for everybody. It's not necessarily, you know, kind of inclusive, but at the time it's what I had. And it was, it was a perfect yeah. venue in, in my eyes for that. So it worked pretty well. And we, we actually filled the room on the first meetup, which was probably the most surprising of all. I don't know. Svelte 3 yeah. had just released, right? Well, it's kind true. Of. It just released, so. yeah. And there was also the noise of the New York meetup and stuff as well that helped. Yeah. And so people got really interested at that point, I guess, saying, oh, where's, where's my London one? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it went pretty well. Uh, we've done it in a few venues since because we, you know, we've added new um, co-organizers. So Joe, he, he happened to live, this is going to sound weird, he happened to live at a college that was in East London. I don't know how that works, but it's this this sort of house that's got residential flats on top. 
it's the London School of Politics, I believe. And downstairs, they've just got this massive empty warehouse. And so they do talks in there and conferences. So also a really cool venue. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's around the corner from the other one. So anyone who comes to one can kind of get to that one pretty easily. But yeah, so that that's also a good venue. We've got that and our, you know, that's sort of um, available for us to use when we want to now. Um, and I think we're looking at another venue as well, just just to mix it up a bit, you know, make it make it. Yeah, like yeah, one. that makes sense. So you've been pretty lucky with the venues then. I, I can think, imagine. I think luck, but I think I think it's not, you don't need to be lucky no. or well-connected or anything like that. You know, it's just a matter of places have this availability and you just have to find the right amount of stuff. Like, well, so before you continue, um, Kev, I was going to say the the reason we get, for example, all this for free at, at Fugitive is because we bring people to a place that sells things, right? And so they get they get money when they're low, right? Because COVID almost killed them, you know? And yeah. so they get revenue from people being there. We get a free venue. So it works for everyone, really. We, we do it on days where they don't have much foot traffic anyway. So we're kind of giving them customers. Yeah, so, yeah that yeah. makes sense. I think so... So for for the Stockholm one, the first venue we had, it was some weird, like, I can't remember exactly what the service was, but they were doing something in, like, healthcare, like some kind of solution for healthcare providers to hire personnel, like, in, in times of when they needed extra manpower. Interesting. For some reason, they were also interested in Svelte, and so <laughs> we, we just ended up being in, in their huge like pretty corporate office but that was pretty cool but since then we like they only wanted to host once i i don't know if they actually got what they wanted from that maybe it was a bit too much work and so we ended up at a uh, a place where so it's it's like a consulting firm called uh, valtech they're they're pretty big uh, around the globe and so ever since since that first time we've been at this Valtech place and they have pretty nice setup. They have like all the audio and the video equipment, all of that stuff set up already. And they usually provide the food and, and some drinks for, for everyone that comes. And I suppose like in exchange, they get to talk with developers that are actually interested in developing because interested yeah. developers show up to, to meetups. Right. Yeah. So for, for them, I think it's kind of like a recruiting thing. Which makes sense, but yeah, I, I kind of want to mix it up a bit. So next next month we're going to be at one of uh, Sweden's largest newspaper companies, uh, which is nice, and we're going to do like a data viz graphics stuff. It's funny how how like so many papers around the world use Svelte for for data viz. It's, yeah. it's actually pretty nice. Well, it, you know that's kind of where it stemmed from, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, we, we talk about this now when we were kind of like an unknown and we were scraping around fine venues. As this grows and, and as every other framework is, language wherever has grown, we end up in a position whereby we, we have a, a, an ever-growing mass of people. And at that point, for example, I was involved very early on um, in 2017 with a, a couple of guys who were into blockchain and they made a thing in blockchain called uh, in London called Blockchain Beginners, and I think their third meetup they had four hundred people attend, four hundred <laughs> people in the waiting list, literally queuing outside to come to this conference, right? And it's just these two blokes who are just like, wow, let's run a blockchain conference, and you know, it's, it's to do with the popularity, it's to do with the with the mass, right? And yeah. 
at that point, we were hosting it in this absolutely humongous building. I, I can't remember who it was, like Salesforce or Bloomberg or some, somebody's bottom of their ground floor where they would normally do their own conferences or internal conferences. But they're a big company, so huge, you know, thousand-person conferences. And they provided drinks, food, security, everything, right? And they were one of many people who were begging them to host at their place because they're getting a little pitch in their names in the background. They've got their, you know, yeah. someone introducing. They've got their advertising, leaflets, whatever they want to do. They're getting 400, 800-odd, uh, not all engineers, but engineers, product, product managers, interested people, whoever, turning up and like a captive audience in their building. And I think that that mass, uh, you know, help helps with that. You can just, people will give you hosting. People will be dying to host you yeah, at that point. Yeah. So Sean, you, you hosted uh, a watch party for, for the last Svelte Summit. What was, what was the experience doing that? Oh my goodness. That was basically a mini conference. Yeah. Cause <laughs> what was the origin of that? Uh, I had, I had no idea. What, why did I do it? Um, I, I just thought you you wanted to to meet people while you were in New York and you wanted to do a watch party or something. Did I did I fly to New York just to do that? I don't actually Maybe. remember why else I did it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I flew to New York just to do that. Um, yeah, I think so. We had Svelte Summit and I think everyone had got their vaccines and it seemed like uh, there was no big wave or anything like that. And uh and I really wanted to do get the in-person thing going again. And so uh, I thought that Salt Summit would be a good opportunity. And so I, I, I think I just like proposed it. And Rich said he would come. And then I started needing to look for a venue and all that. And basically threw it together within like a couple of weeks. And what that involves was a hundred people. We booked out like a warehouse in Brooklyn and then getting a bunch of sponsors to uh, sponsor, you know, food. And I guess the venue itself was, was the biggest expense. And then also like, I guess we had an after party, which uh, Fauna very kindly stepped in and, and helped to sponsor because that was way more expensive than I, than I expected yeah, uh, because it involves drinks, drinks and games and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I think basically once you announce an event like that, it will probably fill up. And uh, yeah, it really did, um, including uh, the Vercel team came by. Temporal also sponsored because we're using Svelte, uh, Svelte Kit. And when I say Vercel, like uh, Guillermo Rausch showed up and brought. That was pretty like, random. Yeah, half <laughs> of his team. It was random at the time. And then and then we found out that uh, Richard was joining Vercel. So maybe not so random. But I think also like they, they were taking this opportunity to gather everyone in New York. So, I, so not so much of a surprise. I think the other thing that was really interesting was just how much people just step forward and propose stuff. Like I, I said, bring your own booze like byob because i didn't i didn't want to pay for alcohol essentially yeah yeah because i didn't have a license or anything like that and i didn't i just didn't want to worry about that but i was like if you want to bring your own that's fine and then a bunch of people just brought like way too much alcohol and just left of it course. on the table uh, <laughs> so then then we had the svelte house or svelte shack and i just brought back a whole bunch of alcohol <laughs> that we that we could never finish so yeah, I think that, yeah. that that was a really crazy event. But uh, I think to to me, like for me, that was the biggest event so far that I've been primary organizer for. And I think it was a it's a nice practice run for future events that you know where I expect more people. Yeah. Well, what what did you? What was like the 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 bad parts and the good parts? Like, what did you learn? Any anything that stands out? Well, you know, for for people who who run. Uh, events like this is a well-known thing that you typically have to 
put your own money up front to book a venue. And then the sponsors come in later. Yep. And and so yeah, I mean, it is a big decision and big financial risk. Um, but you know, people are very very kind with sponsoring. So I think I don't think that's a that's a real issue. And then the logistics of making sure everyone comes in with their like the the tables and the food and uh, making sure you have enough food and then realizing you have too much food and uh, clearing away all the, all the stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty stressful on that day of. And then you can't really be social, which you want to be because you. I mean you. You organize the conference, so but your your responsibility is to make the logistics flow well so that people don't even notice. And I was also the AV guy, and and that right, meant yeah. that meant that I could not do separate recordings, which I really wanted to. So, yeah, I think basically my, my learning is like have a separate logistics person from an organizer who uh, makes sure that everyone is um, at ease and in, is introduced to the right people that they want to meet and feels included. You know, I think uh, these are multiple jobs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I've I've been uh, as as you all probably know I've been planning this uh, this in person conference right for for the fall and it's kind of the the closer it gets the the more daunting I realize that it is and I probably need to hire someone to to handle like the more of the logistical parts but I actually managed to find a venue that doesn't charge up front they actually charge after so so that's pretty nice. And they also handle the catering, uh, which is another nice thing. Um, so hopefully it's going to be go smooth. And, and but maybe there, we sell AV person. No, uh, so that's something I'm probably going to have to figure out because I'm I'm going to record them as well, right? And put them on YouTube. So I need I need it to be I need it to work yeah. properly. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's a lot it, it's a lot of stuff to think about but so so for me it's it's also about the the parts that are around the actual conference so like you have to order lanyards right and you have you have to figure out like if you're doing sponsor booths you have to make sure that you order roll ups for the sponsors so they can have like some cuz they're not going to like obviously a San Francisco company isn't going to bring their own booth from San Francisco they're just going to fly in and they want something that's simple to to set up. So that's that's another thing to to think about. And then yesterday I was thinking about like oh, stickers. I need stickers for like the the goodie bag and I need I need a t-shirt. And now apparently I can't use fruit of the loom because they suck according to Anthony. So I need to use what was what was what was the name? Stanley and Stella or something? Stanley Stella, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be it's going to be fun to to order like a bunch of samples and see see how that works out but yeah yeah so that that's probably like a meetup on steroids but let, let's uh, let's get back to 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 meetups like i i find it to be pretty it's pretty hard to find speakers here in stockholm i usually yeah, have to even to do a talk myself yeah. yeah i usually have to do at least one talk myself like last time we did i did a an intro to svelte that's, I think that makes sense to have on at meetups, like a short intro. How does it work? Because there, there are going to be new people there and they want to see what, what it's, what it's about. And then you want maybe an intermediate session and then a more, a more advanced one. If you can manage to find someone that can do that, something for everyone pretty much. But yeah, at, if, if you decide to, to like start a meetup, it's definitely be prepared to do at least one or two talks yourself at the start 
And then hopefully you can get someone else to chip in. And there's also the option of, of reaching out to people online and asking, asking them to do it from some other place and just stream it in. Yeah, I think remote I think talks, that's completely fine. Yeah, there are there are there are great sort of um, backup. Obviously, in person is a bit easier, but giving good tech and, and stuff, you can uh, have a remote talk. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah, we struggled a lot. So recently, we had these felt uh, the the New York meetup be rebooted by. Uh, two guys who are actually in New York instead of me, um, <laughs> and uh, and Rich actually gave a remote talk because he had COVID at the time, and we, we had a lot of AV issues. Like it was it was much better online than it was in person. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, us too. We we struggled with the for some reason the broadband, even though they've got like gigabit broadband. Um, we struggled with it. I'm not sure why we ended up using a mobile phone, but this is just <laughs> this is just conference fair, right? This is this is what you're what you have to get used yeah. to. I, I think you, yeah, I think you need a like for for a proper like experience, especially if you're streaming online. I think you you definitely need like a separate connection that isn't affected by the the venue uh, connection. Well, maybe maybe not at a, like a smaller meetup, but it's definitely something for for bigger events. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, there there are other things to think about when it comes to meetup. Like, how do you how do you find people to to come to your meetup? Like, you you gotta market it some some somehow, right? And I, I think in in our case, we're we're pretty lucky that the Svelte Society account is so huge. Like, it's very very nice to have that. And and like for for people that want to start meetups, like just reach out and we will retweet. Of course, um, the the first step is probably to to create some kind of meetup.com group or down to meet or whatever it is you want to use. Well, so it's interesting um, the the meetup.com thing. So when we first started to start meetups, um, we're using meetup.com, and then they changed the pricing model, and they also have this really, I think it's a really bad um, strategy or feature, whatever you want to call it. But if you stop paying for a meetup group. Um, you know, like subscription laps. They don't remove your group and all its attendees. They just open it up to take to be taken over by anybody. And what happens, yeah. especially with the crypto ones, because everyone kind of let them lapse. You <laughs> know, uh, even Beyonce's own group had an adventure society group that had thousands of members, and they got taken over by basically scammers who had mal mal intents. Right? They wanted to sell something. They wanted no one to know that the group had changed hands and it wasn't the group it used to be. It was something different. And they lured a bunch of people in to some kind of like paid adventure thing, thinking it was it was us. And previously, all of us had been free community events, you know, that were about right. adventuring. And and the crypto one, I mean, you can imagine it got even worse than that, right? So it it was I didn't like that behavior of me at all, and I kind of fell out with it. And I thought, well, we'll just move to down to meet or something. The problem with that is that all the footfall is on Meetup.com. If you yeah. if your group's on Meetup.com, you're going to get discovered. If it's on down to meet, you've got to push people towards it, and it's kind of you know it's like a form of lock-in, I guess, for meetup. Um, it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have the the network effect, right? That's yeah. that's pretty much it. Uh, it's it sucks because I also like I I absolutely hate their pricing strategy, yeah. especially during COVID. Like, mm. how how does it even make sense to charge like eighty bucks per? I think it's like six months per six months. I think you. Pay pay by half a year. 
at a time. Like no features. Yeah, exactly, because you, you can't use it. But at the same time, like I understand that their their revenues are probably pretty crap during COVID. But still, like you gotta yeah. you gotta provide some kind of value. Yeah. They actually they actually so we we I stopped paying for for the group uh during COVID and they actually like the group just disappeared. So we lost really? like three hundred and fifty members. I had to restart it. So the group disappeared. Yeah, or someone stole it and renamed it. Because I guess you it, can yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very that, scummy. I would, yeah, I would prefer for them to disappear. That yeah, would be yeah. The, that would be a better behavior in my mind. I mean, it wouldn't work for them as well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It is what it is. You you kind of have to have a meetup group. Um, we can probably help out. Uh, like Svelte Society can probably help out pay. If if you're running like a local meetup somewhere, you can we can probably help you pay for that. If it's a Svelte Society uh, meetup somewhere in the world, uh, yeah. So a couple things on on my side. I I prefer Luma L U dot M A. It's good for online meetups as well as uh, in person meetups. I use Luma f- both for my uh, work meetups at Temporal and then my um, uh, even Svelte Summit, uh, the New York one. Uh, also was organized on Luma, so um, highly recommend that one. Uh, it's basically a simpler event, right? Uh, the main thing you want to look for is actually to uh, let people sign up and then just keep them around. So don't keep uh, signing up from scratch. Every uh, from don't don't start from zero every time. Like just carry over the mailing list of people uh, and also send events directly into their calendar. Don't make them click like three times and check their email to sign up for just the next meetup. Just just yeah. send it directly to the calendar. So Luma does that and uh, that's that's great. You know, people can unsubscribe if they want to, but otherwise they're just default on. Um, and so people know when the next thing is and they've already got it on their calendar to, to find it. So I think that's, that's pretty important. And then the other thing is if you have a meetup, uh, if you have a Svelte meetup, um, we actually keep a list of the, uh, the meetups that have been established by other uh, other countries or other cities uh, on at Swell Society. I think it's um, like you just go to Swell Society and search meetup. Um, we have a list yeah. of like fifteen or sixteen global meetup accounts. Obviously, not all of them are active, so it's a little bit confusing yeah. as to like which is active and like, how do you contact people who are, uh, who are who are still around and still interested and want to get get that started again. The only thing I'll say is just DM us and we'll help you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh you're actually hosting a meetup today, I think, Anthony. That's correct. Yes, tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on when this goes out, <laughs> maybe a yeah. past event. But um, yeah. yes, London Svelte Meetup. Basically, we um, we try to do a bit more of a regular cadence to give predictability. So it happens around around the end of each month um, now. And uh, of course, always available at meetup.com slash svelte. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I think that's it. Do, do you guys have any other things that we should talk about? Yeah, about um, meetups. This is uh, this is an American uh, requirement, but uh, just you know, uh, I, I think it's a good idea. Okay, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with the, the sort of politically correct one, and then I'll, I'll give uh, one more tip, which is um, typically you want to have some kind of code of conduct uh, at your meetup. Uh, we do have a Svelte Society code of conduct. Uh, you can find it on, on the website, uh, as well as the, uh, in general, the Svelte community uh, has adopted one. Um, 
Yeah. Is there is there is there a link that we can drop into the show notes? Ab- absolutely. And I, I I also just want to add that like if you want to use the Svelte Society name for a meetup, you absolutely have to accept yeah. this, and it's it's non negotiable. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, so uh, and then the other thing, like so so part of that is basically making sure that if there's any if there's any issues that happen during the meetup, uh, people know who to go to. That. Uh, and so point them out uh, sometimes having and, and definitely having more than one person helps because uh, you might be the problem <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, make, making it safe and inclusive for everybody I think is, is very important for us um, and uh, look like yeah we, we always have problems with diversity and, and stuff like that so we just we, we need to make sure that uh, people don't get harassed when um, they come to society events and it has happened um, so <laughs> uh, so please yeah, so, uh, you know take care of the human side and not just the code side and i think this also applies like online as well like if you're if you're at a, a svelte gathering online say svelte summit um and someone harasses you you should definitely send a, send an email and like tell us uh, so we can deal with that there's a an email uh, so it's coc at svelte which when when you send emails there, it goes out to a number of people. Um, so it's not just one person that will see it, but we also we also make sure like like there are rules to make sure that we don't share anything uh, with anyone, of course, if if that's 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 probably not something you want if if you're sending off one of those. So yeah, I try to avoid. Okay, so, so minor minor organizing tips. This is not, not as important as the <laughs> code of conduct. Everyone has pizzas at meetups. Um, I try to avoid it if I can. Um, like I've I've gotten like taco catering before, and that's that seems pretty fun. Like people sort of build their own burrito, or build their own tacos, or whatever. Um, anything like this a little bit more healthy than than pizzas. I think we would like to encourage uh, healthier eating habits, eating habits, or just just say like take care of your own food. People, people will hear that. Um, and then, and then one more thing, which is, uh, so I stole this from the, the uh, TypeScript New York meetup, which is um, basically set the expectation of three talks: a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced talk, with the promise that you know basically there's something for everybody, uh, even if you already know Svelte, or if you're new to Svelte, there's there's room for you here. You can explicitly invite people to bring their laptops and have some hack time. So in Svelte society we uh, in the new york event um like half the meetup time was just hack time where people just work on stuff and ask questions and bring their projects and show people and uh, yeah i think it's fun like uh, maybe it's a bit awkward uh for people to get together but hopefully after a couple times meeting together it's just a nice group to share and learn together so yeah that's kind of the structure that i set up for new york yeah so i i definitely agree with the the beginner, intermediate, advanced one as well, and I think I think you, sometimes you don't have to have a lot of talks. You can just make it a hackathon style thing. You can maybe have like an intro, a short intro, and then the intermediate and advanced stuff is more of like a you you just like group up a couple of people and then you build something. Like it doesn't have to be particularly structured. Um, so yeah, play around with the, with the format as well. It's a, it's a lot of fun if it's not the same thing every, every time. Awesome. Cool. 
right. we're having burgers at the meetup tonight. Just uh, oh, that's pretty. You know, healthy. I don't know if that's healthier than pizza, but I I also I I'm not healthier. completely sure that I'm not sure that tacos are healthier than pizza either. Is there a bit of green <laughs> on it? That's my. Oh uh, yeah, there's there's a bit of green on it. Yeah, but then the pizzas it, had rocket on them, so you know who knows. Ah. <laughs> maybe maybe you should get those uh, those burgers with you know instead of the bread, it's just a lettuce, so it's like low carb. Protein, mm. protein burgers. I'm sure they do those. I'm sure they do them. Um, they have also charcoal burgers, activated charcoal burgers, so the bun is black, which oh. I think is just to look cool, to be honest. But, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, activated charcoal, I've heard you're not supposed to ingest it because it stops vitamins being absorbed, but what do I know? Who yeah. knows? I guess, I guess we'll see uh, tomorrow if you're still alive. Oh, no, I'll I'm definitely be alive. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, awesome. So we're at the the uh, the most popular uh, oh, yeah. section of uh, of the podcast, the unpopular opinions. What do you guys have for me? Uh, let's see. What we're doing this so so recently? so often nowadays, so we 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 don't have time to to get irritated or take do hot <laughs> takes. <laughs> I believe you may I do. Don't worry, Anthony always got you. Um, <laughs> I, I have today. I haven't actually. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I've almost well, got a load. <laughs> I think I had one that was uh, that got people mildly defensive. So that's going to have to pass uh, right now. So uh, essentially, basically, make, remix guys have been uh, on a daily warpath against Jamstack, and so kids, I think. Ken C. Dodds tweeted about uh, what, what are the benefits of static side generation over server side rendering, which is very innocuous, but obviously, uh, you know, they, they have an angle on it. And I was like, I was thinking through, you know, the, the evolution of all the static side generators uh, in, the, in the frameworks, and I realized that nobody does SSG, nobody does pure SSG today. Um, everyone at least has some serverless rendering story uh, or incremental rendering or on-demand rendering, whatever you call it. So pure SSG died in 2020. That's my unpopular opinion. And then Oof. a bunch of people got defensive. They were like, my blog is still statically generated. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but like your blog doesn't matter. Like the framework is like, all. <laughs> that's like saying that COBOL is still alive because some bank <laughs> is using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've also gotten that religion and, and moved uh, my sites to be uh, generated on demand and and, uh, and cached and uh, surprise like now when I edit my sites they build a lot faster because they don't build all the pages at once. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's it's Progress. like it almost makes sense. Um. So yeah, it's not. I I think it's not like a shocking revelation, but it is a bit uh, sobering to realize that even the most statically committed of the frameworks like Gatsby and 11T have all edited a serverless option. Hmm. I, I, I did not know that. Yeah. I think on the subject of, of, of tweets that rile people up and tweets that um, that, that are good for a, a popular opinion. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't my opinion. It was it was a guy called Theo T3.gg. I don't know. I don't, I've seen him before. Sounds like a Twitter name. It's definitely a Twitter name, yeah. But he posted uh, an example of a, an if statement in, uh, in Vue and then in React and then in Svelte. And the tweet was like, the Vue one is is magic HTML or something. The um, the Svelte one was magic magic strings or something like that. And then the React one was JavaScript um, to the point that 
React is just JavaScript, but it's not. JSX isn't JavaScript, it never has been. So my my un, my controversial opinion, which is probably not that controversial at all, really, is that stop calling React just JavaScript because it's not. It's it's just JSX, and it's, it's equally magic. as magic as the other two. <laughs> but it's just it's just not. We can't keep calling it just JavaScript because it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it might be so popular that it might become JavaScript. Sure, they might build it in, but it isn't there now. So we can't go around saying it is. Yeah. Maybe maybe Svelte will become JavaScript. Who knows, are, right? Are you are you worried about it? Uh, about JavaScript? No, I th I thought you said uh, you're worried about it actually being incorporated, Sean. Maybe, maybe uh, I yeah, I am. I am worried about it. Uh, I don't think that we have found the uh, the best uh, possible syntax, um, and so it might become some half-ass implementation like the TypeSys comments proposal that is going around right now, um, where it's like, okay, we can do part of your solution. So we have the idea of you. So in other words, like we have the idea of TypeScript. We have the idea of yeah. uh, JSX or React, but we're not going to implement the full thing. So now instead of having portable code or less code, we just have another standard that is a half implemented standard uh, that is ubiquitous because yeah. the people in charge and, of browsers and no one's, decided. And no, no one's going to use it anyway, I guess. Or I think they, they, they think might API they design. 3% uh, of the web uses uh, web components. Um, oh, not small. It's only 3%? Uh, how many percent more. of the web do you think uses React? Oh, ooh. Ooh, that's a, like like 15? Eight. <laughs> Eight. Eight, yeah. really? I, I'm kind of not up, surprised. Looked it up recently. Um, WordPress so, is like 60%, right? Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, WordPress is 40-something, 45, 46. Mm. Gains uh, 1% to 3% market share every year. Um, wow. And then jQuery is about 70-something. I, I just did this. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been uh, preparing a talk, so uh, all these numbers are pretty fresh in my mind. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not small. And uh, once you build it as a platform, people are going to use it because it's built in, right? It's official. Yeah. Do you mean do you mean building sense. React in or building JSX in? Probably JSX is where they're going to start. Right. But I think some form of this partial hydration streaming server side rendering thing that React is doing should also make it into into the browser. But yeah, JSX is the first one, and even JSX, like there's all these debates about JSX v2 that have never been implemented or discussed in full by the React team. So. Before we formalize the current version of JSX, I would like us to revisit that decision from seven years ago and yeah. uh, try to try to fix it before we Pre we make pretty it old final. decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think All also right. you know it's, it's a weird one to build in because if you look at JSX, it's it's great for building essentially DOMs and things like that. It's not as useful for Node, and it becomes a, a divergence. And the, you know, the reason that I even use JavaScript is because it, it converges a lot. You know, you've got Node on the back end, you've got JavaScript on the front end, which is essentially, you know, Node on the back end is essentially V8. It's, it's the same thing theoretically. Um, I know there's obviously obviously differences. I think putting something front end specific or DOM specific in there is, is really taking that away. And you just end up with a confusing mess of two things that look similar that are not the same. All right. So my unpopular opinion, I'm actually going to, 
this is actually a hot take. Okay. So my uh, it doesn't have anything to do with with programming or software development. So my hot take is that Bitcoin proof of work is actually good for the environment. And I'm going to tell you why. So Bitcoin subsidizes the build out of renewable energy and sets a minimum price that producers of energy can sell uh, their energy for. So it's it kind of sets a baseline for like so, yeah, so it sub it's basically subsidizes the build out of energy sources. And it's very nice to have Bitcoin miners on your energy grid because they can instantly turn off, which a lot of other industries can't. They often have to ramp up or it takes a it takes a while for them to to turn off. So, for example, you guys probably remember the the Texas uh, ERCOT situation a couple of years ago with the with the snowstorms. So there's a there's a report somewhere floating around the web uh, that explains this pretty well, uh, which I'd suggest people read. Rather than just think that oh it uses energy, therefore it must be bad. Read that report first, and then uh, come to a conclusion after that. I'd say. There we go. Let's that hear is it. controversial. That is a hot. I take. know, right? Um, I I do wonder about these 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 poor countries where the power is cheap. I wonder how much they're pushing the renewable energy agenda when they're just building Bitcoin mining farms. I'm just I'm just not sure those two correlate in that way. I think they will. So so I think the idea is that power producers are also going to be Bitcoin miners. Because that kind of makes sense. Because you can, you can put your miners anywhere, right? Anywhere, right? So while you're building out your solar farms, and they're not connected to the grid, you can just like stick some miners there and subsidize the the cost of of building. And then when you're done with that solar farm, you just move on to the next one, and rinse and repeat, pretty much. So, so just just to bring up a recent news article that at least. Two, I believe, definitely one, but maybe at least two. I think now, disused coal power stations in these countries have been reactivated just to build Bitcoin mining mining farms. I, Absolutely, I'm struggling That's, to see the connection well, between renewable energy and that. Well, I mean, one bad apple doesn't make the whole bunch bad, right? Or what, what's the what's the saying? One very bad apple. Well, or two well, I mean, the the problem there is is more like maybe you should. Maybe you should regulate the the opening of old coal plants, but like, but that maybe happening. that shouldn't be a thing. That well, isn't happening. I know that 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 doesn't mean it's it's a problem for Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin still, like even even if you start a couple of of coal plants, um, it's still massively outweighed by the the increase in power generation by by the building of new solar farms powered or subsidized by Bitcoin miners. That's my hot take. I'll, I'll, read, the paper. I'll read the paper and I, I, yeah, I'll yeah. be yeah, I'll be intrigued be, by it. Be sure. skeptical and uh, and uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, and, I'm already uh, skeptical, but generally I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's my that's my unpopular opinion, and I'm going to cool. drop the 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 link to the papers as well. Sounds good. 
All right. Picks. Uh, oh, I had one, but I've lost it. I don't have one. I haven't come up with anything in in days. I've I've tried, it just won't work. It's definitely, it's definitely. Different. We're out of picks. <laughs> yeah, out of picks. I'm out of picks. Yeah. Um, Travid. Uh, I have I have a very sh- very short one, uh, which is recently I um inst- I uh, switched computers because I no longer have a work computer, um, and I went back to my old non M1. MacBook and well, first of all, yeah, it is very slow. The battery is very short. Like you just miss everything about the uh, the M1 life. Anyway, so I was uh, installing YouTube DL because I really wanted to get, grab one of my talks from React Miami. And to do that, you have to brew install. And then because it was an old laptop that I had not touched in three years, uh, it was like, do you want to upgrade? No, it doesn't even ask you. It's just brew install YouTube DL and it just upgrades every app you've ever installed. <laughs> so, because <laughs> that's the default behavior of Brew. That took a while, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> it took like half an hour, and like my uh, my the fans all started spinning up because it's not an M1 machine. Anyway, um, so my pick is this uh, environment variable that you can set called uh, Homebrew No Auto Update, which uh, uh, sounds like Japanese when you when when I was reading it. I was like Homebrew No Auto Update. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and so that, that turns off this, this, this stupid default behavior. So my, my pick is actually that you should just put this in your uh, bash as an alias. Like in my ZSHRC, I put it as an alias. Um, so now whenever I type brew, that's always there. What if, I could, what if you I actually could want to upgrade? Uh, then you turn it off. Remove I, don't know. It. Yeah. I, I, just, I just never Fair want enough. to upgrade. Like there's a separate command to upgrade, right? Uh, I don't know what yeah. it is because I, I never run it because every time I run brew install, it just doesn't. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could, if I could unpick, I would unpick brew. I don't like it. <laughs> There's apparently alternatives. Uh, so Johannes Schickling, the creator of uh, co-founder of Prisma, uh, pointed me to Nix, um, which mm. has constantly been on my radar. And everyone, everyone smart that I know has at least checked it out or uses it. Which means probably in one to two years I'll be using it. But. Uh, yeah, if if Nix uh, starts replacing Brew, then you'll hear from me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't need packet management. Management, I think that you know, if, if it works on on Mac and gives it that, that's true. But my point is that it should be built into the operating system, and I can't believe in this day and age that it's not. Like they should have picked one and built it in by now, because I, I can't imagine using an operating system that hasn't got native package management. It doesn't make sense to me. Like going to websites, hoping you hit the right one, hopefully not a sponsored link that's got some Trojan or something in it downloading a thing, running a random install, having a bizarre new UI to deal with your machine is, is just beyond me. Like, you know, package management, apps install, done. Like, it's the only way I can imagine installing software. In fact, I get annoyed when I have to get a website, like to get Google Chrome, for example, I have to get a website and it annoys me. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of having, having like, putting putting your, like an SH file on, uh, like in a gist on GitHub, and then just downloading oh, yeah. that, and then having that like install everything for you when you. Uh... Yeah, you got to maintain it though. Yeah, that's the problem. I've never managed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't so got every one. time, every time I change computers, I just save it. Uh, I update that that gist. So I do have that gist. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, cool. yeah, I have a script that I follow every time I set up a new machine, and uh, that's part of it. Nice, nice. All right, Anthony. So, what was your pick? You don't have one, or uh, 
I thought I, did, I can. I, don't. I, I can. I can go first. Yeah, you should go. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick Castopod, which is a self-hosting solution for podcasts. I haven't tried it yet, so maybe it's a premature pick that I uh, should have saved for another time. But um, yeah, it lets you host podcasts more easily um, without paying someone money, which is always nice. I actually, the other day, I, I was thinking about maybe it'd be nice to build something like Podcast Kit to just have, because there's there's really no, so this is the only solution really for self-hosting that's somewhat sane for a developer at least. I think having something that makes it super simple for for people to to host podcasts would be great without having to pay for them. I'm sure there are like free solutions like Anchor, I think is free, right? Anchor sucks, don't use it. Owned by Spotify. Yeah. Spotify is <laughs> yeah. trying to close around the uh, yeah, free exactly, podcast exactly. screw them. And their podcast player sucks. I I agree. Um you should like like that maybe that's a that's a, another good pick. Like an actual podcast player that oh, doesn't uh, what do you guys that, use? That uses yeah. RSS. I, I use I use Overcast. Um I'm not a hundred percent happy with it, but it's good enough. Yeah, I use uh Pocketcast. So yeah, that I lets think on you the Android ecosystem is it's really good. Yeah, they, they it lets you so trim silences, which is super nice. Everyone does that. Uh, yeah, maybe. I I guess I, I I just started using it so early that no one else had the feature, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I've used it for like 10 years or something. It feels like it at least. Do you listen do you listen to podcasts, Anthony? I do now and then, but but not 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 as a sort of um, regular thing. I don't have a regular one to listen to. Right. I also I think I really enjoy podcasts that aren't about tech. I think I might have tech overload, uh, and so I think that I like listening to podcasts about you know true crime or podcasts about sort of um, you know business like uh, approaching tech. Like what's that one about? You know, I think Scott Talinsky recommended it or something about tech startups and how they became what they are. But things like that are interesting. I think that. I'm not. I'm not the typical podcast listener. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. What What kind of what program do you use for? Uh, honestly, I've been using Spotify, but now I know I, I shall. I know. Terrible. Ooh. Terrible. I. I yeah. loved it. It's just there. It's like click. <laughs> I. I think that would. Uh, that's actually something that probably. I'd think that you would actually be very against using Spotify I, after hearing this. I certainly am. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the it's kind your of thing most definitely... it's your most normie pick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like Linux, pick. like Raspberry Pi, and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I th- I think that's uh, that's it for us. I think we. Uh, oh wow, we've been recording for almost an hour. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was going to be a short one. All right. <laughs> I guess I'll uh, I'll see you guys next week. And uh, yeah. Goodbye, everyone. And, Goodbye. Uh, see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.